Amen. Well, it's the last sermon of the year inside of this building. Um, I feel super excited that I get to do it. And Clayton's probably watching online. He's thinking, you know what? I'm going to get a small group of people and I'm going to preach one last sermon so Noah doesn't have to be the last one. Um, he's probably not going to do that. Um, so glad I get this opportunity. Um, and also, I, I only have to preach this sermon once. So um, if, if you are around here very much, you know we have two services. Uh, this is both services combined. Uh, and I'm, I'm excited that we get to, uh, to be together. And it feels a little bit like a family reunion a little bit. Um, for some of you uh, first service people and, and also for the second service people, you may be looking across the room and thinking, do any of these people actually go to our church? And they do. Um, they really do. Um, I, I see them every Sunday. I welcome them and I say dumb stuff up on stage um, during the welcome and they forgive me. Both services. Um, and if first service, if you're thinking that I probably do better in the second service, I don't. Um, uh, and second service, if you think like, I wonder if he has as much energy in the first service. He does. He does. Um, I, um, but but it, it feels a little bit like a, a family reunion because, because we're together. For, for once in our lick and lack in life, we are together. Um, so that's one of those words, Noah words, or Noahism. But, um, but we, we are together and we get to hang out for one day. And I can't think of a better topic than to talk about unity. To talk about how us as a church ought to be unified. And we should be unified. I think we are unified. We're going to go through and we're going to talk about um, some stuff about unity. And we're going to talk about how, how that kind of like, how does that, how does that meet us inside of our life? Um, if you guys have your Bibles, um, we're going to, I'm going to try to, to stay in one, one place. And I'm going to try to stay to the text that's on the actual screens. Um, but Romans 12, 4 yeah, Romans 12, 4 through 5 says this, just as our bodies, or sorry, okay, I'm going to read that translation because it's on the screen, um, ESV, uh, for as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Okay. If we are the church, me, you, us, this church, we're the church, we're of one body, we, we ought to be able to take times like this and, and sit together inside of a room and hear a dude preach and, uh, and hear wonderful worship and, and rejoice in that and be, and be glad. Are we functioning as that one body? Though we have mem many members, are we functioning as the body of Christ. We have all different, um, different body parts, okay? We, 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 are, we are the, uh, we're all different between the, the, the services and, and we're, we're different in what we do, what we excel at. Um, I know some of you guys personally as people who are just like great People to say hi. Like, I need to say hi to you every Sunday. I need that. It, it encourages me. It encourages me to, um, to see a smiling face. And other, others of you, I am terrified of. 
but you keep this church going because you give faithfully. And you scare me. Because I, 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 I feel like, because I'm, like I'm just a normal dude that um, I'm like, how, how could they have a relationship with me? And you're kind of a scary person. Another person like Clayton. Clayton, he is the weirdest dude I've ever met in my life. <laughs> he is our pastor. And if you haven't met him, I'm sorry. Um, you will not forget it. He's fantastic. But, but I, I need that personality in my life. And our personalities are not the same. And, and, and like Ryland and I, like he is so much more talented in ways that I am not. And, and I am so much more talented in other ways. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I'm, I've yet to find something that I'm more talented at than, than Ryland because he can kind of do it all. And, and that intimidates me. But you know what? We need the Ryland that intimidates Noah McCormick. We, we, we need those people inside of our lives. And we, as a church, and, and I'm just using faces that you guys see all the time. You guys, we, we are one body. We are one church. And do we, do we act like it? And I hope, we, hope that we do. And, and when, we, when we come together, it makes, I just think of all the warm and fuzzy and stuff like that. And I've got a million people inside of the McCormick family. And we go to Tallahena like once every year. And we all sit awkwardly and they try to like guess whose son I am. And they're like, oh, you're Keith's son. That's good. And, you know, that kind of thing. And, like, um, and, and we have all this stuff. And then, then I, I get in these conversations with people I, I guess I've known my entire life. But I learn so much more about them. I, I, I learn that, that, they, that they've been through stuff that I, I never knew. I, I, I find out that, that, they're, that they're so much more like me that we have things in common other than just, like, we're related and, and it makes me excited because I think, what, what, what else is my family hiding from me? And, and, and as I get, grow older, I, I learn, like, there, there's a benefit to meeting together, to being together. And, it, and for, for the, the longest time, I thought to myself, I go to church because, well, I was, like, in youth group. And that's sixth grade when I first started going to church. And I started thinking, I only go to church because it's fun. And then I started going to church because I loved it. And this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. So I might as well, you know, the whole saying of like uh, dress, dress for the job that you want to have. Well, I started dressing as a Christian, started going to church because this is the job I wanted to have. And eventually someone gave me a microphone and I started having this job and it's fantastic. But very seldom have I thought to myself, this is church, like the church at church is where we ought to be. And, and the older I get, the more I think, how do people function without coming to church? Like as Christians, like how do you call yourself a Christian and never darken the, the door of a church? And I'm not trying to step on your toes and that steps on your toes, maybe it should, but, but, but that's just, that's how I feel. Like, like, like this is a community of people who believe in the one true God, the creator of the universe, and we get to worship him together as the church. That's a pretty incredible thing. And the older I get, the more I think, like, how do you function without this? And I, and I think, like, the, the church that I knew, and you guys are going to, I'm super young. So I started going to church when I was when in 2005. 
And like, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, that song was like the thing. That and Mighty to Save, I think. That's what I got saved to, right? And that's nostalgic for me. But the church changed a lot. Like I go to first service and they're teaching me all these hymns that I'm like, I have no idea. Is that really people, people have been singing this for 500 years? <laughs> like church has changed. And not just the church, the world has changed. You think about 100 years ago, we didn't pay for our groceries with money or with plastic cards with metal strips on them. No, we paid for our groceries with coins. I can't even understand that. Showing my age, and I know a lot of you guys are like, yeah, I used to go get a quarter or get a Coke for a nickel. Okay, I, I don't know that. Like, that makes no sense to me. Nothing takes a nickel. Nothing. I don't know what nickels are for. But even more than that, billionaires were not funding rocket ships 100 years ago. And presidents and politicians, they didn't tweet. And automobiles, they did not, uh, automobiles, I said that so strange. Cars, vehicles, they did not do what they're doing now. They were going down the road. And now we got Lamborghinis, we got Teslas that use the sun that, that to go forever. Okay, I don't know if that's true. Um, but... But this is the world we're living in, and it has changed. And the church has changed, but not just in 100 years. In the last 30 or 40 years, this church, this church, this church wasn't around 100 years ago, but in the last 30 to 40 years, this church has changed a whole lot. And this community has changed a whole lot. And for the community, and I'm not getting at any of you guys stepping on your toes, saying if you've been inside a church since then that you didn't think church was sacred back then, and you don't think it's sacred now, Church used to be sacred in our community. Predominantly, people went to church. And the body of Christ functioned as, as a group of people that were able to say, we're going to church on Sunday and say, yeah, we're going to church too. It may not have been at your church, but they were going to church. Not all of them, but most of them. And, and, and we shut down businesses on Sundays because we were like, it's church day. I mean, we, we, in our community, we had, we were doing pretty good. And you know what? I'm going to take it a step further. Like the Baptist church was doing really good. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm not like, and please, you can, we can come, you can meet with me inside of my office and I can get, dig myself out of this hole. I'm not like, I'm a Baptist. I'm a Christian. I, am, I, I do worship at a Baptist church. I'm employed by a Baptist church. I believe everything that you guys believe inside of the Baptist church. Don't fire me. <laughs> but if I'm just being real with you, I, I get so irritated when people put Baptist in front of their Christianity. But we were doing pretty good as a Baptist church. That was just a little tangent that I had to say. Wasn't in my notes, fine. I'll get in trouble for it later. But, but we were doing pretty good. But we had a problem. 
We pushed out people. In the last 30 to 40 years, the pendulum has swung. Our church is not a sacred thing in the community. In a lot of ways, I'm grateful for it. The people who want to be inside a church are at church. People who don't want to be at church are not at church. But even our community, they don't care about church. The body of Christ matters very little to anyone outside of these doors. And our society is not, it's not built up in a way to support what we want to do on church, which is just go to church, be a body of believers. That's not our only call, right? It's to go out. We live in a post-Christian society. That means that Christianity, for the most part, is not the majority. It is in your life. It is in my life. Because you know what I do every Sunday? I wake up as early as I possibly can. I get on whatever is fresh clothes. I come into this building and I'm with people who believe just like I do. And on Monday, you know what I do? I show up and Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, I'm right here in my Christian bubble. I've got the benefit. But you know what you guys do? You guys, for the most part, you go home, you go to work that, that, that isn't a, a Christian society. Then you go home and you're back in your Christian bubble, right? And I don't know, and believe me, I've, I'm not coming with answers. I'm coming with suggestions. I'm coming with maybe what God has laid on my heart and what, what I hope he is saying to you guys, but, but I think we're forgetting about people that are outside of this building. I think, I think that the, the as I looked into unity and I was like, unity, we're unified. I was like, yeah, why am I preaching this sermon to Christians? You know what the world should see? That we're unified. You know what the people who are not here should see? That, we, that we're unified. That we love them. I've skipped over a lot of my notes. Us, in our, in our, our Christian bubble, we're, we're in this tug of war with our community, okay? It's a huge rope. We're in this tug of war with our, with our community, with our society. And we are fighting our community. We are fighting this society. Say, saying, saying, no, you get over here! And we, we take two we, we take two, I, I, no, not two. We, we have, there's lots of way to t- ways to tug a rope, okay? But I, I want to ask us to do something. I want us to check our grip. 
I want to check our grip of what are we even doing. Here, here are the, the two things, I, I think, the two questions I think we need to ask ourselves. First question is this. Are we holding on too tight? You may not think that's a problem to hold on too tight. But I would say that sometimes we elevate ourselves and our Christianity, our traditions, our nostalgia over the gospel. Thirty or forty years ago, your hind end was found inside of a pew. Pew 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 pew. Sorry. <laughs> you were found inside of a church, and today you're found in a church because you were found in a church thirty or forty years ago, and you worship this building. And this is not anything worth worshiping. This is cool. This is like the coolest worship center. This is nothing compared to heaven. This is nothing compared to the gospel. The gospel saves. The gospel restores. The gospel changes lives. Our church says that we are a church that Je- where Jesus changes everything. It's because we're trying to constantly remind ourselves that, that inside of this, this war, we shouldn't hold on so tightly to our traditions and our nostalgia and all of that, but we should hold on to Jesus. Right? First Peter 8 through 11 says this. says finally all of you who have or all of you have unity in mind sympathy brotherly love a tender heart and a humble mind do not repay evil for evil reviling for reviling but on the contrary bless for to this you are called that you may obtain a blessing for whoever desires to love life and see good days. Let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. As the body of Christ, we have, have taken that and we've said, okay, we will have unity of mind. We will, we will have sympathy, brotherly love, tender heart, a humble mind. And then... The verse goes on to say not to repay evil for evil. And let me just say, and, and don't worry, we're, we're going to pendulum swing the other way and talk about the other group. But a lot of us hold so tightly to our tradition and to our brotherly love and staying in this building that we have, without trying to, repaid evil for evil. When people shunned, uh, or shun us for being Christians, we have turned our backs on them and said, well, you know what? You're going to hell. And we're just okay with that. And is that, is that really our heart? No, of course not. We've got this brotherly love. We go to church and we say, man, I want everybody in this room to be saved. And that is just, uh, the people who need to be saved are probably not in this room. And I hope they are. And if they are, Hey, if you need to give your life to Jesus, please come talk to me. But for the most part, there are a lot of seasoned Christians in here. And I am tired of us catering to just us Christians. Tired of it. 
Because without knowing it, without trying, we were repaying evil for evil, reviling for reviling. We're, we're pushing people out and we're pushing people away from our church. And you know what we're doing? We're holding on so tight to our little bubble that we are holding our church doors closed. That's how tight we're holding it. Half of the group or the congregation can breathe now. Let's talk about holding on too loose. Are you holding on too loose? For crying out, Pete, so there's two things that happen, okay? So you hold on too tight, you get dragged through the mud, you get burned. If there's an opposing force, and oh, favorite part of the sermon. Did you guys know that Owasso is, oh, this, whew, calm yourself down, Noah. Over 50% of people do not go to church. This is a really cool thing. This group right here, you guys can start a church. You guys can start a church. You guys can start a church. You can start a church. Every section can start a church. And guess what? Central will probably not lose any members if we're, do, if we're preaching the gospel. There, there, there is room for everybody. There's room for, for people. We just need people in church. We need people to go to church to believe in God. And we, we think so passionately about it here that we're like, no, we, we need them in this door, in these doors. And I'm trying as hard as I can to get people in church. TikTok is the worst thing in the world. But I've made like 9 million TikToks so that one student would come to Christ. I despise TikTok and everything that it's done. But you know what? It is really keeping teenagers engaged. Why? Because, because one little thing outside of the church, and it works. Why? Because the people that we need to minister to are outside the church. So if we hold on too tight, we're going to be pulled through the mud and the muck and the mire and everything. We're going to, it, it is a stronger force that we're pulling against. That's what I mean. We're not looking at 20% of our, our town or surrounding. That's just a wasso, just our surrounding town, you know? We're not looking at, at them and saying, like, only 20% of them don't go to church. We can get those. No, we're saying we're, we're in a deficit. But then there are people in this room, including myself sometimes, that hold on way too loose. What happens when you hold on too loose, when you're going against somebody who is stronger? You are going to fall on your hind end. You're going to fall right in the dirt where you have been picked up from and cleaned off. A lot of us have forgotten that God saved us from something. This little word called sin that we don't want to talk about. And we don't want to call sin, sin. That's icky. But sin. We hold on so, so loosely that it's, it's like we don't even care. The society is pulling one way and we are just kind of, holding on so loosely that, that we are losing ground. That, that, that we, we are being swept up in this world. 
We've forgotten why, we're, why we go to church anyway. And, and at that point, at that little pinnacle point is where I think the community switched a while ago. So many people were pulling as tight as they could and they looked at the generations before them and they looked at the other people and they said, your tradition holds you back. Those are the lost, the dirty, the nasty. Those are the people that Jesus saved. Those are the people that he healed. Those are the people that he died for. And I'll do this on this side, but I'm not going to try real hard because when I go to work, like, I only see those people. I only see you guys like once a week for an hour. And instead, this is what I believe that we should do, okay? Truly, this is awkward, but I'm not gonna make any fans doing this, but we pick up our side of the rope and we walk to the other side and we tell them about our side of the rope. We tell them about the grace that we've received. We tell them that, that God has changed us. We tell them of a church where Jesus changes everything. We tell them that we have been set free from our sin that our, 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 our dirty chains are off and we are free. Say, this is never gonna gain any ground. In the end, what happens? We, most of us have read to the end of the Bible. What happens? Jesus wins. And guess what? There are a lot of people left over there because they refuse to come over here. I'm saying a tactic that may not be working, is trying to shove them into church. Instead, maybe we ought to go out and get them. Not join them. Not be like, oh, I'm one of your sinners. No, we don't have to be corny weird like that. No. I'm just saying that. That if the gospel is real, true, moving, growing inside of your life, you ought to not feel content pulling on the rope that way. Whether you're holding on too tight or too loose, just faking it as a Christian or card carrying, filtering Noah. Yes, I'm a Christian. You, you may fit one of the, but my goodness, if we don't go to the other side, I'm just gonna keep preaching to Christians. And guess what? 29, I'll turn 30 next year, and I'll, I'll retire probably when I'm 65, okay? I don't want to spend the next 35 years preaching to Christians. I don't. I don't. 
I don't want to live this life, get to the end of my life, and God say, why did you never go get people? Why did you see the same couple at Walmart every time you went there and thought, I wonder if they go to church, and never say anything to them? You lock eyes with them, you say hi to them, like, "Mm." Okay, you don't know them, but you should go to them and say, hey, I'm so-and-so. You should come to church with me. If the worst that they could say is, yeah, I go to Life Church. Cool, awesome. Keep going to Life Church. Go on. That's the worst thing they could say, right? Or actually, the best thing they could say is, I don't go to church at all. And then you say, Wonderful. There's lots of churches here. (laughs) Go to one. And if you want to come sit by me on a Sunday morning, we got a gift for you. You can just sit there. Listen to what the preacher has to say. I promise you, they will hear the gospel. So the question is this. Are you willing to pick up your side of the rope and go to the lost. If you're not, then you are holding the doors of this church closed. If you're not willing to go there and bring them back, maybe you're holding on too loosely and you are so involved in this world that you are being conformed to the ways of this world. And the Bible is pretty strict on like, hey, don't be conformed to the ways of the world, but, but what? Through the, trans, by the transforming of your mind, It's only what God does that can change people, right? None of you guys are saved on your own accord. None of you guys. God did it all. Jesus paid it all. We're just saying that. So take the thing, take the debt that God has paid for other people that Jesus paid and let's bring it to the lost. Let's pray. God, you are so good. You are so gracious to us. And we thank you for today. God, I don't know what this next step is. I don't know what what anybody in this room other than myself is feeling about this. But God, I pray that you, in 2022, that you will raise up leaders I pray from this church to go out and, and get the lost. I get them. I don't mean just grab them and be weird. I mean, love them to you. Lead them into a relationship with you. Tell them about the great grace that you've given us, the mercy you've shown us. God, we're desperate for you. I'm desperate for you. Teach us. Don't, don't, let us, don't let us fall away from you. Don't let us conform to this world. Don't, don't, don't let us hold on so tightly that we're shutting the doors of this church saying that only perfect Christians, we're not perfect. God, we love you. And we're just laying it all at your feet today. The last sermon, I can't think of anything else but just 
What's going to unify us, God? It's you. Do what only you can do. Speak through us, lead through us, move through us like only you can do and that we don't expect anybody else to do in our lives but you. We give you that part of our life that we are holding on to. We give you that part of our life that holds us back from preaching the gospel to telling our testimony, from leading people to church, for inviting people to church. We focus on you and we refocus on you. We love you, we love you, we love you, we love you. We always give you glory. We always give you praise forever and always. Amen.